no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Now necessary on this podcast, timestamp 4-1, April Fool's Day, 2020, oh, yeah. um, in, in case the rest of the world has disintegrated into dust by the time this makes air, I don't want people to think we're being super insensitive. Yeah, good call. And another thing that we don't do on this podcast, or we try not to do on this podcast too much, is become self-indulgent. Um, to, to do a podcast is already self-indulgent, but I do like to try to stay on task, and I like to pick songs on here that I think will have some wide arcing appeal. That I, for any case on this show, uh, other than like Taco, which we did for fun, mm-hmm. um, but is also a funky ass groove, um, we try to pick things that we think that people already love and would just like to hear discussed, or that the two of us think should be loved and expect people to come away. Um, from this podcast with a better understanding and a better love for these songs that we literally cherish in many, many cases. That is not the case today. <laughs> today, Rob and Larry are going to <laughs> indulge themselves. I think we're going to change um, some minds is, today. We, we might. Hopefully we do. But I don't expect... If you come away from this song and you don't feel the same way about this song as we do, that is okay. If you came away from Romeo and Juliet not feeling the same way that we do, you need to re-examine your musical taste Mm -hmm. because they are poor. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I'm going to let you all slide on loving the song the way that we do because, quite frankly, no other two people on this planet love this song (laughs) the way that we do. You know, I think that might be the case, actually. (laughs) And that ain't no April Fool's, my friend, because... No. Like, oh yeah, we do need. I do need to clear that up. This is not satire. No, no. This is not no. uh, ironic. This is straight up, one hundred percent at the core of this beautiful, beautiful bond we share. Love it. It is this song. I love this fucking song so much. Um, yeah, April Fool's Day has been canceled. Cancel everything. Send April Fool's Day back to the Stone Age <laughs> because we are ready to get into what Hankins. It is. From Empire Burlesque, it is Bob Dylan's tight connection to my heart. I'm so fucking excited. I'm sorry, not the full title. You're right. You're <laughs> right. I, the, you're right. You're right. I'm not looking at the full title because there's a parenthetical notation, tight connection to my heart. Parentheses, has anybody seen my love? <laughs> this is might be one of the most self-indulgent Again, again, I stand by it. I stand by the song. The video is absolute garbage, and we will get into that um, when we get into it. I have what I think is a pretty accurate retelling of it. Um, Should we get into that first, or do you want to kind of talk about how we came about to just the ultimate fandom of this song that you and I have? Let's let's get the backstory first. Empire Burlesque is a very bad Bob Dylan record. Yeah. It is bad. You're, I'm telling you that. I don't, don't. No matter what any super cool dude tries to tell you, Mm-mm. it is not a good record. Um, I only know this exists because 
I bought this record at Pegasus Records and Tapes in Florence, Alabama. Rest in power, Pegasus. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was young in my Dylan fanhood, and it, you know, I had heard at that point the big, the big hit and classics, and so I just assumed, well, he does no wrong. He cannot do a bad record, so therefore, this must also be great. So sight unseen, I'd never heard anything from it and didn't recognize any of the songs on it. I was very excited about that because I was running into a thing of finding like live records and greatest hits. Like, well, I've got four of these songs on this and five of these. These are, you know, 10, 12 songs I've never heard. It's going to be great. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't think about the awful picture on the cover. I don't think about it being called Empire Burlesque, and I didn't. Quite frankly, I didn't know any better. Then. The cover, uh, the cover, it was a Dylan record, and Empire Burlesque. It was released in '85, and um, <clears throat> the cover. It almost looks like a heavy metal band cover, because um, it's Bob Dylan in his like giant pompadour with like a silver blazer on with a black. Well, it, dress shirt it was on. the eighties. We were all wearing blazers, and then of course with like the the silver metallic blazer, like rolled up uh, up to like half of the forearm, and giving you one of those side eyes, like when Keenan Thompson plays Whoopi Goldberg. It is it is it is distilled eighty five. It is just pure eighty five shot right into your eyeballs. He's got a little stubble. It's everything. Um, this would, you know, this was coming off the heels of a, of his Christian recordings, mm-hmm. a lot of which took place in my hometown of Muscle Show. Three of his best album. albums. Yeah, so I'm all excited. I cut this thing on, and Tight Connection is track number one. And I listen to the whole thing, and I'm like, I don't like this, and I don't like not liking this. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was 80s, and it sounded completely different than, you know, the 60s and early 70s stuff that I had been listening to. I'd probably just been listening, like, Before the Flood, which is his record with the band, and so it's all upbeat and rock, and it's it's everything I wanted. It's, I was a, a kid learning about rock music sort of historically at this time. You were so a clean-cut kid seeing the real you at last. I was a clean-cut kid seeing the real me at last. God damn it. <laughs> um, but I wasn't ready for 85 Dylan excess at this time. And so I said, all right, I've listened to it. I've tried it. This is not good. I'll move on. And years later, I don't know, maybe I gave you my copy of it. Like, I don't know. We were working together in a very small room doing tech support. And I said, Shawnee, I don't know about this record. You give her a whirl. Maybe you'll find something there. But it's garbage. It's garbage from a garbage tree. And I I do think we can't put too fine a point on it. 76 was Desire, uh, which was... This is the one I'm thinking of with Mozambique, Black Diamond Bay, a yeah. very worldly yeah. album. Um, followed up in 79 with Street Legal, which I think is one of his most underrated albums. Um, oh, baby. Then you hit Slow Train Coming in 79. You hit Saved in 80. Shot of Love in 81. Love. Infidels in 83. Empire Burlesque. <clears throat> I mean, like, it, 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 we're coming off of Infidels, which is a good record yeah. with... Some you know some some classic fucking Dylan stuff on there. Yeah. So it should not have been this giant of a let. But Empire Burlesque sort of started us down the path that we that damn near killed him. Um, and then he had the sickness. And then it's it's all it, we're all the way to uh, um, 
Ah, oh, shit. The one with most of the time on it. Um, uh, oh, Mercy is 89. Oh, Mercy. Yeah. We're all, we, it takes us to get to Oh, Mercy to get out of that slump. And then we get to Time Out of Mind a few years later and we're, we're back rocking and rolling. Yeah. But, um, but little Shoddy Majors comes back to me with his report from this record. And he says, I don't know, man. Tight connection to my heart's pretty good. So I'm like, Sean, you're fucking drunk. Dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? And why is there so much barbecue sauce on your shirt? What are you even doing? Stop sumo-sizing your food from Mama Foo's, dude. That is the ultimate, like, just some, like, messy-faced kid comes to you. That is, And that is the equivalent of, like, what I was as a Dylan fan at that point. <laughs> but you saw something in this song. And we listened to it together. And I said, Sean, this is so dumb. What are you talking about? And then a few weeks later, I listened to it again on my own. And I don't know. Maybe I was just remembering me and my buddy laughing about it. Maybe I was remembering the stupid video. But something clicked. And I'll admit that initially I was listening to it ironically. And then one day I was like, nope. This is great. And I love it. I love this song. I love it. Period. No matter for all its faults and its flaws and its ridiculousness. And I just absolutely adore this song. And I've listened to it six times this week because you posted a thing on Facebook about it. Yeah. Uh, but I can't get enough of it. I just love it. Um, it is. Uh, it's one of those songs that like. It's complete nonsense. It just kind of strings together like a bunch of narratives. Um crisscrossing through a love song about longing and and you know uh not necessarily why can't we be together because i love you but why can't we be together because it doesn't work um and we'll get into it in a second but it's one of those things where like you know (laughs) the video does its best to follow the song but the song like <laughs> maybe too maybe too much sometimes the video <laughs> does its best i mean the um oh god i'm just trying to think of like putting this the right way but it's it's um the the video is about the song but the song is not about the video if that makes sense there you go okay that makes perfect sense you nailed it should we get into the video maybe the video maybe the video needs to go first okay. because i think i, I think that for for the sake of our discussion, the video is so in the foreground so stupid. that it would be a miss to try to talk about the song without first giving our painting the picture, doing a little <laughs> a little theater of the mind for our audience. Okay, with this video, so, so get to it. So, gun to my head, I could probably sketch you out a completely complete storyboarded <clears throat> uh, storyboard. <laughs> Of the video without having watched it in a year or two. However, I watched the video three times today. And <laughs> without having scheduled this podcast. This is my best. Yeah, just just by happenstance. This is my best retelling of the story. And please step in if I say anything incorrect. <laughs> Could you? You are the foremost expert on this song in the world. <laughs> Bob Dylan, you know, I might be like top five, which is kind of scary. Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan's in Japan. His non-Asian girlfriend leaves him, goes downstairs from their swanky 80s Japanese hotel in Kyoto, 
Yokoshima, Tokyo, wherever it may be, immediately gets murdered after um, by, by the Yakuza, I believe. After the leader of a, the Japanese mafia makes some weird hand gesture to her on the street, he pulls what I think is a deer antler question mark on her. She pulls a pair of scissors out of a purse that says fiction girl and gets stabbed. I believe I'm accurate on this so far. So far, so good, buddy. So he tries to get with an Asian woman that kind of looks like his non-Asian girlfriend. Then Dylan gets framed for the crime. Dylan doesn't go to jail because I think he's on a work release to play rhythm guitar for a hot-blooded singer at a live karaoke bar. Then you see in a news magazine that the Yakuza guy was actually the one killed in, in a body bag. Then for some reason, the non-Asian girlfriend is in jail and not actually dead, where Bob Dylan springs her out with no resistance, barely even an inconvenience. I don't think the jail was staffed. Um, upon leaving jail, I assume he... Immediately, I assume, upon leaving jail, he and his non-Asian original girlfriend run into the mystic Asian woman he tried to get with. Does a face waterfall like John Travolta and face off to her. The three of them join hands and hug, which I think is definitely a nod towards a three-way. Um, them having a three-way. And <laughs> thruple. then... Thruple is the current And then term. Dylan sings it out. Sings out the, uh, the video with the hot-blooded singer singing Memphis in June. I think that's... I think I... I, I think you nailed it. Um, one... I, I'm, this is not a correction, just an addition. Please. Um, the powdered blue wig... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. ...rolls down the stairs early in the video... Before we have any uh, inclination that it's going to be a part of the story. I am fascinated by both the appearance of a powder blue wig. Actually, it's just a blue wig, not a powder blue wig in the video. The lyric is a powder blue wig. Um, and that kind of goes to the theme of recycled shots, of which there are about five different ones. There, there's like seven shots in this whole video <laughs> that just pop up in different orders. The hot-blooded singer singing Memphis in June, they do that. They recycle the shot of her singing directly to the camera. They do the uh, the three girls at the at the karaoke bar singing karaoke, a couple other ones. And then they, they recycle the bl a blue wig falling down the stairs at least three times. The last time was either replayed upside down or reverse or both at the very end. <laughs> and I don't know if this is from a movie that was never released here in the States. That would make a load of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do know that he did a movie at this time that had a Japanese and international release. Um, that could all be from this. I'm hoping that it is. Do you know what um, the movie was? Because I'm. I will pay... Um, <laughs> I have a VHS copy of it that I cannot play because I don't have a PAL uh, VCR. A powder blue wig. Um, or a powder blue wig, which is essential. The, the And the shoulders. The shoulders. Oh, there's so many shoulders. Of the women's in this video are so 80s. So incredibly 80s. The, um... That group of three... There's a real cutie patootie in that group of three karaoke singers. There is a cutie... Uh, two, t 
the Oof. she's in the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's the she's the only one wearing. She, I I think she's actually completely non Asian, but she's wearing a, a a shirt with Japanese writing on it for some reason. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> and the drummer is so happy to be there. Oh my god. Um, kind of back to the platter, powder blue wig, but um, by the time the line. They're beat, uh, and we'll get to it, where he mentions a powder blue wig in the song. They show a guy getting the devil beaten out of him, sporting a blue mohawk, not a wig. <laughs> and we know a powder blue wig was in the budget, because they rolled it down the stairs. <laughs> they rolled it down the stairs many, many, many times. And I would urge you to watch the, the video one more time, because there is definitely a stripper wearing an American flag bikini and a powder blue wig. <laughs> It's wonderful. This is the greatest songwriter in the history of the world that we're discussing here. That is not up for debate. That is not an opinion. Mm -mm. That is a stone fact. We're done. No one has ever written songs better than Bob Dylan. And this is what the 80s did to (laughs) him. This is what the 80s did. This might be the video with his dopest outfits, though. Oh, he is fly and like look. If any of you take any uh, male pop star of today, if he shows up wearing this at a, a thing, it will be a fashion statement. He will be heralded as looking incredible. You go to any um, any bar that has an open mic or has like the same six bands that play there every every weekend. Uh, there's going to be somebody wearing a leather jacket with no undershirt and a trucker hat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The movie I was thinking of is Hearts of Fire. Um, I do not think, I do not think that any of the scenes from this are from Hearts of Fire either. No, they are not. But I can tell you, Bob was super sharp in that too, and it was very eighties. Maybe that that was like maybe this video was like the spec, the spec production. <laughs> Could have been. Like, hey, uh, I can. Uh, I'm a really good actor, and I can uh, really look at the camera and deliver lines that I wrote. <laughs> I, I act just like I sing. He does understated. <laughs> he does that like stop in the name of love thing to the to the camera like six times. He sure does. He sure. Oh does. my god, I can't. Um, that's all I have on the video, and I am I. Believe I deserve a Nobel Peace Prize for making it that short. Yeah, yeah, we've really done so. We're only 20 minutes into this episode, and we are a lot further along than I expected (laughs) us to be. Um, Because I would have, my preference would be to go frame by frame through this video. But we have an audience to consider. Um, They're already hanging on by a thread with this, because I get it. I understand why this would confuse everybody. They... And again, not an April Fool's joke. Mm-mm. We are not pretending. Catch either one of us independently. Mm-hmm. We will tell you the same story. You know what's um, really this song gives me a feeling that I don't get from many other songs. It's like it is. It is immediate joy from the first opening notes. It's the one time I've 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 held my ground in a musical argument against you, mm-hmm. and I did yeah. it when it mattered. And it's 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 funny that you mentioned that from the opening note because sometimes <clears throat> we've been hanging out and we can't 
remember the opening line. If we are fed the opening line, we can we can recite the entire song. It happened to me two days ago. When I got ready to listen, I could not remember. Like, how does this song start? It starts so cool and I can't because there are so many lyrics in this song that I just can't wait There's to get so to. So many lyrics. <laughs> while there are a lot of lyrics. While I have I have gone on and on about how this period of Dylan's work was not his best. Um, I will say that this whole period from like 79 to 89, really. Oh Mercy. Yeah. He is at his best with one-liners and just maybe the whole song is terrible, but there is two or three lines in it that you cannot shake. Yeah. And he has this weird thing about meeting strangers and fighting them. <clears throat> that is sort of the theme to this whole era of Dylan. If nothing else, it's that he will fight a dude. Especially um, street if, legal is es- littered with people he wants to fight. Oh God, we. Oh. You know, we said we'd we'd stretch out these Bob Dylan songs, but we've already done "Forgetful Heart" and a "Traveling Wilbury" song. Um, let's just do the entire album "Street Legal" next. Uh, <laughs> I had a pony. Also, Hankins, if the the pony. people he's challenging to a fight is a Japanese cop that looks like Fat John Lennon. Sorry, I'm not. I will not go back to the video. I promise. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> let's do the thing we came here to do, buddy. Okay, it's time. Let's do our best. <laughs> and it's going to be so hard not I will to try not this. to. I'm not going to stop you. Um, until the end of a stanza, I just can't, or else we'll be here all day. Well, I had to move fast, and I couldn't with you around my neck. I'd said, "Stop! <laughs> stop! 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 Stop!" It's already so good. <laughs> it's already. He had to move fast, but you, baby, you were holding him back. He is a consummate action star mm-hmm. in this song. Yeah, he is John Cabretti. <laughs> he is all the bad boys from every action movie in the eighties in this song. Yeah, you know. Okay, I'm gonna. He says he says he has to move fast. He couldn't uh, with you around your neck. The way you know the song ends up that he you know. <clears throat> They they have a she has a tight connection to his heart and he is wondering has anybody seen my love? Um, it's like well you know I just I, I had to make a decision and you weren't it I'm sorry it's nothing personal but also with you around my neck conjures up images of like an albatross and the rhyme of the ancient mariner and you know um, and apparently or a cool eighty sweater <laughs> or a cool leather jacket. <clears throat> I had to move fast, and I couldn't with you around my neck. I'd said I'd send for you, and I did. What did you expect? <laughs> my hands are sweating, and we haven't even started yet. Started what, Bobby? Started what, Bobby? I do enjoy, had to move fast, couldn't with you around my neck. I'd said I'd send for you, and I did. What did you expect? Me to stay true to my convictions? You truly don't <laughs> he know. He sent for her? He sent for her. My hands are sweating. We haven't even started yet. I'll go along with the charade until I can think my way out. I know it was all a big joke, whatever it was all about. Maybe, someday maybe, I'll remember to forget. There are so few people in this world I will let get away with. I'll remember to forget. Ooh, uh, a nice little throwback to the uh, origins of Cold Dog Soup. I believe I lifted a similar line from... um, a new radicals B side for one of my poems Jesus early on. Christ. 
<laughs> it's it's a hack line. It's it's, it's not it's a bad so line, but it's just trite and it's just overdone. It's so hacky, and even but in '85, you knew that it had been done so <clears throat> so many absolutely. times before. But I'm going to allow the greatest songwriter in the history of the world, and it works. It does work in this scenario. Mm-hmm. First, I mean, it doesn't tell me anything about what the fuck was going on in that first stanza, but it does work. <clears throat> I mean, I had to move fast. Couldn't uh, with you around my neck. Said for you, said I'd send for you, and I did. What did you expect? So, like, I sent you away. Asked you to come back. You did. My hands are sweating, meaning I'm nervous, and we haven't even begun to get back together yet. Um, I think they're good. I, I don't. I don't take it as get back together. I think it's the damn caper they're going. On. <laughs> I think they're going on a caper. Don't let this video cloud your imagination. Um, <laughs> And now he and I think he's immediately having reservations about having reservations. I'll go along with the charade until I can think my way out. I know it was all a big joke, whatever it was all about. Someday maybe I'll remember to forget about you, so I quit wasting your fucking time. Maybe. Someday maybe. I'll remember. Too fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery of these ending lines oh, it's so good. have a lot to do with what attracts us to this song the, because he's just hamming it up he is being his 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 most dylan he, at the end of each stanza he is doing an impression of people doing an impression of him he absolutely is absolutely i'm going to get my coat i feel the breath of a storm there's something i gotta do tonight you go ahead inside and stay warm i find that to be actual beautiful poetry like that stanza right there is I don't know if it's my favorite, but I think it's the best part of the song. That thing really sums up something. Um, it doesn't sum up anything with a guy who was just sort of pleading with this person in the in the last in the preceding verses to sort of chill out. Like it's like, okay, we're good. I told you, we're straight. I sent for you. You're here. We're all fine. I'm never gonna forget you, honey. But guess what? I got something I got to do tonight. And you cannot be with me. And so that goes back to like, <clears throat> I got to move fast. I can't with you around my neck. And so there's there's two ways to view this next, um, you know, Genius calls this a verse, but this is the chorus um, coming up. Uh, Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? I don't know. Has anybody seen my love? There's two ways to interpret this. Or maybe three ways. Um so he sends the his his partner away. He asks her to come back. Maybe he's immediately um, <clears throat> uh, uh, regretting that decision to regret that decision, and then he goes back to his original ways of look. There's something I got to do do tonight. Just stay inside. Um, when he asks, "Has anybody seen my love?" Is his mind again changing back to man? I really got to be with this person. Or is he literally asking the universe, has anybody seen my love for this person? Because I can't (laughs) fucking find it. I can't find it. Because I am too consumed with all the mischief I've got to get into. With moving fast. Yeah, he's moving. Like, he's he's adopted, like, as later Dylan adopted, sort of, if Hank Williams was still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what he was. Shit. Early Dylan was... Um, if Woody Guthrie wasn't sick or if Woody Guthrie was still alive, that was early Dylan. And then, you know, the seventies was, Oh shit. Um, 
these hoes is really giving me the blues, <laughs> Dylan. He had a couple divorces and things. This 80s Dylan, I'm telling you, man, he's just, he's, He's he's an action star or he's a Bogart movie. Like he is this is a guy as a mover and a shaker. Well he is always in some shit. I uh, I don't know if you did that on purpose because the original couplet, I had to move fast and I couldn't with you around my neck, is from the movie Sirocco, nineteen fifty one. I've I've gotta move fast, I can't with you around my neck, starring Humphrey Bogart. Ooh I'm so good at this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um all right, verse four. Uh, you want to talk to me? Go ahead and talk. Whatever you got to say it to me won't come as any shock. He puts a W in the pronunciation of that word. Also, it's shock. Shock. <laughs> and uh, so this kind of goes back to genius. Says these lines can be inspired by two different movies: nineteen forty one, The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart. And uh, the 1939 movie, The Oklahoma Kid, starring Humphrey Bogart. I will point out to you guys, I have done zero research. <laughs> I've never looked at Genius a day in my life. But that's just the feeling I get from this character that that is the the through line through all of his 80s work. Is like he's, he's just doing some detective movie. The 1941 movie, <clears throat> The Maltese Falcon, Humphrey Bogart's character, Sam Spade, is told, we want to talk to you, Spade. To which he replies, well, go ahead and talk. Um, 1939 movie, Oklahoma Kid, Humphrey Bogart says to James Cagney, I want to talk to you, kid. Cagney replies, go ahead and talk. Yeah. You want to talk to me. Go ahead and talk. Whatever you got to say to me won't come as any shock. shock sorry. <laughs> I must be guilty of something. You just whisper it into my ear. Oh, he's so playful. So playful. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, Look, man, if you want to sing this, just sing this. I mean, there's no getting around. It's so hard it's not to sing it. To, especially this one. We, no, this one I, I can't take this away from you, but Madam Butterfly, she lulled me to sleep in a town without pity where the water runs deep. She said... Be easy, baby. Be easy, baby. There ain't nothing worth stealing in here. Man, he knows how to get out of these verses. Yeah, he really does. He really, really does. I mean, I this this just comes to me as just a verse he wrote once, did not workshop, and just said, "Yep, that's a that's a rap." <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's it. Or you know, some of these lines, it would not shock me to find out. These were just lines Shock. he had lying around, and he <laughs> and he cobbled them all together. You know, it, w- it w- uh, wouldn't confuse me at all. Honestly, that's what I and you know, if you go back and read some of my incredible uh, times, I put pen to papyrus. Um, there, there are that is just like I had stanzas and I just like shoved them together. Yeah, yeah, which is what the ra- the rappers do. Um, that is what the rappers do. <laughs> A town without pity. But be, be easy, baby. There ain't nothing worth stealing in here. Is a great line. It's a fantastic line. Um, Doesn't mean a hill of beans to anything he said before that. Mm-mm. You're the one I've been looking for. You're the one who's got the key. But I can't figure out whether I'm too good for you or you're too good for me. That's another great fucking line that I have said to people in my life. 
Also from Sirocco from 1951. Um, yeah, um, I've definitely... Well, no, that wasn't... What was the... <laughs> do you remember when I broke up with someone saying we could both do better? Uh-huh, I do remember that. Is that kind of the same thing? That's the same thing. I don't know whether you're too bad for me or if I'm too bad for you. <laughs> I don't know who is in kicking their coverage this time. Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? I don't know. Has anybody seen my love? Okay, here we go. All right, so as far as a... As far as him peacocking, like the the other verses, for the most part, have been world building with a killer ending line. Mm-hmm. That's what they that you know. There's a lot of a lot of filler to get to. Um, he's he's just filling the space to get to someday maybe I'll remember to forget, and then he's filling the space. Or really, in the first part, he's filling <laughs> the space to get to. There's something I got to do tonight. You go inside and stay warm. And then he's filling the space to get to be easy, baby. There ain't nothing worth stealing. Yeah. Here. Well, here in the last bit, he says, no, we're going to go all the way with this. One. So we're going to go all the way with this. So let me ask you if you see the same thread here, because, <clears throat> you know, we've seen him kind of do this in Blood on the Tracks where, what is it? Lily, Rosemary, Lily, and, the Jack Rosemary of and the Jack of Hearts. He's just making a movie. Like, you know, it's just in the middle of, you know... 10 sad bastard love songs you have a western narrative um even yep. even within a song you have um <clears throat> uh like black diamond bay you have dylan uh an entire narrative turning out to be just something you know he saw on the news uh there's several instances of songs where he is he just kind of takes a time out and just kind of i don't know if he does this intentionally but to me it's like kind of puts things in perspective that his story with this person or the three-way he has later on the video um is is just one story and hey we got a big world out there so don't feel too fucking bad for me because i'm just one guy and you got your own problems and everybody else does as well so Verse 7, which is not verse 7. Genius, they they have not done this well. Um, Well, they're not showing any lights tonight, and there's no moon. There's just a hot-blooded singer singing Memphis in June. Well, they're beating the devil out of a guy who's wearing a powder blue wig. All right, okay, let's stop there. Let's, Let's stop right there. Who's, who's beating this guy up? They are. But, like... We've we've heard nothing like so he's left his love at the house because he had something he had to do that night mm-hmm. that required a coat and not his woman. Mm-hmm. So he left her there, and then uh, did he go see Madame Butterfly? Is that I guess that's who he's talking to in the second stanza? Is that his his? Uh, I mean, he's all, that's a black woman, right? I mean, we can be, we're, we can agree that be easy, baby. There ain't nothing worth stealing in here is something that a black woman said. There. I don't know. Ma- Madam Butterfly is about like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of like, cause I remember Weezer fucked around with, uh, <clears throat> well, all of what Pinkerton is. Yeah. Madame and Butterfly, right? 
And that has a very heavy Asian theme as well. And not just because Rivers Cuomo liked Asian women. Um, so, yeah, uh, Act 1 of Madam Butterfly. <clears throat> in 1904, a U.S. naval officer named Pinkerton rents a house on a hill in Nagasaki, Japan. But he goes like, but so 80s Bob Dylan is jungle fever crazy. I guess. Like, oh, no, no, there's, there's oh, no oh, okay. getting around. Okay, That's okay. why we have that black kid that <laughs> claims to be Bob Dylan Jr. Um, and I think there is a documentary where there is a woman, hell, who might have been from Muscle Shoals, like, who says that she was married, to, she had a secret marriage to Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, he is when when he went into his Christian fades. Uh, part of it might have just been it was a great way to meet black ladies. Um, that might be why he did it in Northwest um, Alabama. Sure, shit, yeah. I mean, he'll do it, whatever. But no, that is that is sort of well documented, and the background singing of this song on the track. Well, all through all of that, he always had um, these black backup singing women mm-hmm. that he was crazy about, and like. Uh, um, most of the parts of Slow Train Coming that aren't about Jesus are about black women. <laughs> I had a woman down in Alabama. Mm-hmm. She was a backwoods girl, but she sure was realistic. She said, boy, without a doubt. Like, so whenever he dips into that sort of ethnic turn of phrase, Fuck, he's winking and like, <laughs> he's winking at the camera saying, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, he heard brown sugar one time and was like, you know what? Mix on to something. <laughs> also, but so he recorded has, he in Muscle out. Shoals. Absolutely. He has snuck out. Woman left at home. He has snuck out to go see Madam Butterfly. And now I guess they've gone to a, a lovely jip joint together <laughs> to see a hot-blooded singer who is singing Memphis in June. And in this jip joint... They are just wailing on some dude who's wearing a powdered blue wig. That finally, you know, that finally kind of makes sense. (laughs) I mean, they're letting him have it too, dude. I mean, they are letting him have it. (laughs) But he can see the future. He can. Bob Dylan can. Bob Dylan, soothsayer. Bob Uh, Dylan. Not showing any lights tonight. There's no moon. <clears throat> Just a hot blood singer singing Memphis in June. Well, they're beating the devil out of a guy who's wearing a powder blue wig. Later, he'll be shot for resisting arrest. I can still hear his voice crying in the wilderness. What looks large from a distance. Close up ain't never that big. See? Every time. I swear to God, this whole song started as five lines written on scraps of paper that he said, well, these five are keepers. How do I get there? How do I make these five lines work? And Folky Bob would have just put them all together. Like, how many roads must a man walk down? Or, you know, uh, um, he would have turned it into, oh, man, uh, times they are changing. Or um, uh, uh, hard rain's going to fall. All those just rat-a-tat-tat, line I'm after back. line after liner after liner after liner after liner. Um, but 80s Bob? No, yeah. he ain't got the he ain't got the breath for that now. Yeah, he ain't got the stamina for that. So now we got to stretch these five killer lines out. What am I gonna do? Oh yeah, I'm gonna turn into fucking Bogart, and I'm gonna paint this thing. And guess what? I'm gonna put in the middle of it where I get to go hang out with this black chick. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> like even in even in um. <laughs> 
in Mask and Anonymous, which is, you know, set in terrible <laughs> country that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, the What is his name in, in Mask and Jack? Oh, Jack. It's like something. Jack Nobody or something like that. Yeah, I think that's actually it. Um <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've got it right here because I pulled his IMDb up. Jack Fate. Excuse oh, Jack fuck Fate. me. Um, but but <laughs> who is his you. love interest? Who is his love interest in Mask and Anonymous? I haven't seen it in forever. I know John Goodman is it. Isn't it? Is it John Goodman? <laughs> it's not John Goodman. Angela Bassett. Oh, you know, you can find worse. <laughs> Angela Bassett is his love interest in that. She so, was great. In yeah, he's just learning to exhale. He's Jesus Christ. He's just doing the thing he does, which is tell you how much he loves black women. Now he couldn't show that on the TV, obviously. So he's saying, I can get away with Asian. <laughs> mm. When did Live in Budokan come out? That that might tie this whole thing together. That might be the Rosetta Stone to this whole masterpiece. I <sighs> just uh seventy-eight. I was gonna say so seventy-eight. He goes to Japan, tours for Budokan, decides he likes it, hangs out, shoots this cool video. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps it for six years. Keeps it in the can for six years, and then like, I finally got it, boys. (laughs) (laughs) You, I do like how easily a good Bob Dylan impression can slip into like a slow drink of whiskey southern gay man from savannah georgia (laughs) because it's a guy from minnesota doing hank williams that's why it turns into that that's his whole shtick is that oh and we end the song i mean what looks large from a distance close up ain't never that big is a lyric that you could slide into virtually any Dylan song from any era. Yeah. And it will fit. Like, if you told me that was a line from one of his great protest songs, wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, for sure. Um, If you told me that that came out later when he's dealing with his own mortality and time out of mind and all that new stuff, wouldn't doubt it. That is a, that's a Dylan lyric right there. If you told me it was from his Christmas album, talking about Santa Claus. I let him get away with so much stuff that I would not let anyone else. If you told me he was talking about some big old boobies in that Victoria's Secret ad he did. Cadillacs. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that was a line from the 17 minutes he spent on the murder of JFK. I still haven't listened to it. Listen to it yesterday. Um, Not nearly as bad as I expected it to be. To call it a song is... Maybe not accurate. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little time on that after we get done. Uh, the outro, which is what Genius calls this, um, which I think is just... <laughs> this this Genius page has seven verses, no choruses, and <clears throat> the last two lines uh, labeled outro. Never could learn to drink that blood and to call it wine. Never could learn to hold you, love, and to call you mine. Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? Has anybody seen my love? I don't know. Has anybody seen my love? Finn. That's a. Re- I mean, like, I don't. I don't know what to do with that last 
bit, but it's it's very well written. I think never uh, could learn to drink that blood and call it wine is <clears throat> I don't know, I it would be easier to call it I I I can't have faith in some things if it were never could learn to drink that wine and call it blood, but right, blood doesn't right. rhyme with mine. <laughs> he's he's coming out of he's he's just coming out of his most heavily influenced religious phase mm-hmm. like you know the the this was after the christian phase now i don't know what his faith was at this time i don't pretend to know but like he was hardcore christian for about seven years or at least three records and he hit that very hard so clearly that's where it where it comes from but I don't know exactly what he's trying to tell me in that. But he's trying to let me know something. But never could learn to hold you love and call you mine is very telling of why he's out here with fucking Madam Butterfly and not home with that clingy bitch that we'd met in the first fucking stance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, <clears throat> top to bottom fucking A-plus fucking song. And I will I will fight to anybody to the death that says otherwise. I fucking love this song. And in fact, I'm kind of coming around on the video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look, I'm here to tell you. I love the video straight up. It's batshit crazy. It's insane. <laughs> but it's Dylan just doing poses at a camera and then playing guitar with a very nice leather jacket, no shirt combo on. And I'm excited about all of it. I would urge um, you to go back. never looked more Jewy. Oh, hell yeah. I would urge you to go back and at the end when he hugs both the mystic Japanese woman and his non-Japanese girlfriend who died but didn't die and then was in jail and got sprung out for no reason. Um... <laughs> the hug that he gives them it's so fucking awkward and uncomfortable because they join hands and then he just kind of awkwardly puts his head between one woman's right shoulder and the other woman's left shoulder that are standing in front of him it's so weird and that was, the, was take the take they selfie. used <laughs> like they, oh, you, they were like you yep, mean that was the got take it Bob <laughs> You think there were multiple takes? No, my friend. Oh no, my friend. There were this was a single shot. Every one of these things was a single shot. There's no way in the world they let that hot blood singer make the faces she's making if they did any oh, retakes man. on this. My God. I'm just going back to this video and seeing the uh, that cutie patootie singing. Back yeah, she's my she's God. very I am enamored with that woman. Look at uh, that hug. That's a man that's never hugged before. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird? And then he's stopping in the name of love. This is incredible. He, it, oh, I'm going to watch that video so many more times. I, <clears throat> I kept getting pulled away and distracted by my dog and a couple other things um, while I was trying to rewatch the video. I think the blue wig makes four appearances. Well, it is the final shot of the video to emphasize how important it is. It's the final shot. Now, I think it's reversed because it appears to be uh, from a top-down view. And again, I know good and well there were not multiple takes. There's a single take of everything. And I don't know if it's... Yeah, I don't know what the top step is either. Is it the 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 black part or is it the part that's off off camera? Um, also, if anybody asks me, if I had one question to ask anybody, living or dead, I know what it is. It's to Bob Dylan, and it is what the fuck did the powder blue wig mean? 
And what was its fucking... You know what? No. Oh, God. Because I fear the answer is just like some fucking production assistant couldn't fill the time because this is like a five and a half minute song. (laughs) And in the 80s, every song was like... Even fucking Taco's song was like four and a half. (laughs) We gotta get to five or MTV won't play this. (laughs) Shit, man. And the clothes that he wears are... They are appropriate for the time, but mm-hmm. not a man of his age in the time. Mm-mm. There, if you like, if there was a shot by shot remake of this that was an Adam Sandler vehicle, <laughs> I don't know that I'd know the difference. Like he goes full Sandler, and in any instance in this thing where he touches another human, it looks like he's never touched another human before. It's like, uh, have you seen the the video of Michael Bloomberg trying to pet a dog? And he like, yeah. and he grabs like the upper snout and shakes it like he's shaking a hand. That's what it is. It's weird because it's like it's Bob Dylan. He's been fucking since he was probably twelve, and at, <laughs> and at that point he was like forty years at least of fucking under his belt. Like I, I, you have to feel. You have to feel like he would be more comfortable with touching another human being. Did we mention, maybe you mentioned it, the one backup singer is wearing a shirt that says Stinky Boy? No. <laughs> I've never noticed that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The the green green backup singer, a green shirt tank top backup singer, her shirt says Stinky, Stinky Boy. Boy. <laughs> um, the only reason why I noticed that the his, non, his, his non-Asian girlfriend who died but didn't die, had the purse that says fiction girl, it literally flashes for a frame. And so I had to pause it and it took me a while to get it on. Like it's maybe it's not one frame, maybe it's three frames or something like that, but it's so quick. 24 frames. I think that's what you like. (laughs) That, uh, that again, like I'm trying to, is there a meaning behind that? Was it, the meaning is this is a Japanese Macy's commercial. (laughs) Was it just yeah bad editing? Because we have these are all available in the spring '85 line at Macy's Japan. I'm not gonna lie, I will go grocery shopping with a fiction girl tote bag. (laughs) (laughs) And if I'm shopping at Publix or your Whole Foods or your your uh, your your Trader Joe's or anything in between. And a, and a young lady comes up to me and says, Fiction Girl, huh? Have you ever heard of Tight Connection in My Heart? Excuse me. that's that, I, I, I need a correction. It's Sticky Boy with two Ks. <laughs> you could see where I would get that confused. And three eyes. <laughs> <laughs> also, leather vest, gray-haired harmonica player. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that was my, the, the old man are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems like a cameo of somebody who's dressed up, like a young Spooner Oldham <laughs> who's like dressed up to be an old man. Like it's Huey Lewis. <laughs> if that was Huey young Lewis, I would be Huey so Lewis. pissed. <laughs> this was all just a trailer for like Power of Love. <laughs> no, it's a Macy's commercial. All these things you can buy at Japanese Macy's. Why is the uh, the jail cell, why does it have the red, white, and blue banner like you would see at a 4th of July parade in it? Well, they like to, they like their, 
their American inmates to feel welcome. Which is why they let their boyfriends just walk up to this <laughs> jail cell, open it, and let them out. They're like, well, you did get murdered by that deer antler by the Yakuza leader. (laughs) All right. Okay. We've indulged ourselves. We're done. We're done. Speaking of self-indulgent, Bob Dylan has released a (laughs) 17-minute something Mm -hmm. called Murder Most Foul that people are saying, this is all about the, the, the death of JFK. And it is to a large degree. But what he's really done is some... 30 years after the fact, Bobby Z, Robert Zimmerman, greatest songwriter, history of the world, has made his own We Didn't Start the Fire from 1960, whatever, three. four, was it 63? From 1963. That's what he's done. Um, if you got 17 minutes of quarantine time, cut it on. Don't expect to tap your toes because there's very uh, very little rhythmic music. It's more of a, just an ambiance. But uh, he does sum up the 60s pretty well. Um, it is it is self-indulgent. It is nonsense at times. But I did enjoy it. And I'd love to think I might listen to it again in a few years. But man, I don't like the fact that I feel like 17 minutes is a big investment these days. <laughs> and this time when I'm starved for content, 17 minutes really took the piss out of me yesterday. Had to stop it and come back to it. You know what I'm just realizing? I think this is our 420 episode, by the way. <laughs> so again, if something... As they say on Bumble, Shawnee, 420 friendly. Mm. I'm saying, again, if something's like really gone bad in between now and the 19 days it takes to get to 420, uh, I hope this brings you some happiness and please don't view this as disrespectful because we're going to schedule to post this and just forget about it. That's all we can do. That's all we that's all any of us can do in this time of our lives is schedule and forget about it. But I'm begging you, please, we don't ask much from you on this podcast. We don't ask a whole lot from you. Go watch this video. Mm-hmm. Just go watch the video. Give it one. Give this song one good spin for your old pals, Rob and Larry. So you too can feel like two delirious schoolgirls as a blue wig rolls down or up a set of stairs. <laughs> this has been Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape. I feel the breath of a storm 
I never could learn. 